screedle deedle a doodly dee a screedle deedly doo Oh, I got a live one here. <laughs> What's up to our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation? You're listening to the Sunday morning cult pop extravaganza comic book review show. Yay! Flam, flam, flam! I'm your host, Johnny Destructo. I am having technical difficulties, so I'm broadcasting from my iPad. Uh, we are here to talk about this week's comics. We have some letters to read. We've got some conversation, scintillating conversation that I'm sure you're just biting your nails about. With me this week is Len. Hey, what's up? Holla at your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. Noel. Hey, this is not Len. This is Noel. And I also want to kiss you. Brian. Hey, it's Brian. Huh. And uh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for, those, for those of you listening, we're all trying to figure out where in the panel we are. Because after yeah. eight months of doing this, it's still confusing to look no at each other when they're talking. Yeah, it's still a problem. Still a problem. <laughs> I know down well. That's it. Yeah, down's it. Oh, man, I got down, down. Like I said, we're going to talk about this week's comics, but we have correspondence. Correspondence oh. people who listen to the show. Um, we got letters? <laughs> so we have this from the Home Dad Abroad. Well, that's long. That's Which a long one. Oh, I read one of the words. Sweet baby Jesus on a cracker. What? Um, I, I don't. I should have edited this. <laughs> Three. Okay. All right. So here's the thing. He he, I, he does not seem to watch the the YouTube channel, right? The, when we do a live stream, uh, and so a little bit of preamble is that after we do the live stream, I download the audio and then I put it all together and I put it up on the podcast stream on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcast, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, I am super busy, so I haven't had a chance to do that. Uh, and so I think we're like three weeks behind on the podcast feed. Mm. And I just posted one from three weeks ago. I believe it's the one with uh, Brian and and um, Noel. Mm. Hi. Hey. And uh, so my long national nightmare is finally over. Three goddamn weeks without an up uploaded podcast from you. <laughs> I thought I had been forgotten. That my lyrically pro my lyrically prose contributions accounted for naught in your estimation. The idea that I am just a faceless henchman, not hench person, because let's face it, only men are stupid yet self-centered enough to blindly offer themselves up as cannon fodder. Undeservedly <laughs> of a kindly nod of the head acknowledgement that you believe my ears to no longer be needed for the completion of your endeavors is disheartening, to say the least. And when I say I, I mean all of us who can't engage with appointment YouTubing, who can't handle Brady Bunch faces distracting us from the musical chorus of your ramblings and musings, who are too old to understand all of these newfangled doodads and internet pipes that capture your soul and carry it away over magically invisible wires like some kind of, I don't know, fax machine? <laughs> so by I, I mean me. 
Wait, what wires is he getting the audio podcast from? That is not these same wires. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> then suddenly this avalanche of new content slammed into my feeds just as two and a half pints of warm red essence leached out into the tepid water of the claw-footed cradle of my receding life. All right, I'm going to skip. Oh. Uh, finally, a new podcast. <laughs> Uh, no half-ass excuses. You're not going to sit here in silence making rude gestures for the benefit of your visually attuned audience, bastards. Skipping, <laughs> skipping, skipping. Let's face it, I'm never going to sell my books. Skipping, skipping. Okay. Uh, I have been rereading the original run of Hellblazer from the beginning. Saga of the Swamp Thing all the way through Rick Beach's run, including the unpublished issue 88. What? Oh. Where Swampy meets Jesus, drawn by Mike Zully, ridiculously oh, yeah. beautiful, uncontroversial, and features an origin for the demon Etrigan. Yeah, huh. I remember talking that, that, about that uh, issue, yeah. How did he get a hold? Like, I thought it was, it was like, completely unavailable. Yeah. yeah. I think, it, if, if I remember, I could be wrong. I think it was a book, an issue that... Not necessarily was unpublished, but like published but then quickly pulped and like some mm. copies mm. of it got out there i think that's the story i mean we were talking about it a long time ago mm. interesting yeah, it's, it's the internet age right, right. There's, there's that too yeah he also says if only it had been inked ah see? Uh, there you go uh mm. and grant morrison's doom patrol mm. wow i didn't remember any of that it's like my own little bedtime book club to annoy my wife with no questions, no suggestions for book clubs, since I am clearly more interested in pushing good stories at you guys rather than sharing easily found ones uh, regarding every suggestion I have made for book club. So carry on. So, uh, yeah, he keeps making recommendations for our, our monthly book club that we do here on the show the last Sunday of every month. And uh, he goes, what about the unpublished? <laughs> Nine, the 19 like just yeah it's it's, it's always like find one copy of it on a scroll in a cave yeah. <laughs> my favorite cave paintings by home dad abroad yeah. it's just like so, you really have to see them in person though it's not it's not the yeah, same you, if you don't go. i mean for book club yeah. we're gonna travel to yeah Egypt. let's go right <laughs> uh we do have another one from christopher goodnight hmm. who so I just finished issue three of We Only Find Them When They're Dead. And I have to say, mm -hmm. I don't know if mm -hmm. I actually like this series or not. Mm -hmm. The art isn't my favorite slash makes it hard to tell some characters apart. The constant changing time period confuses me. I'm usually good at keeping track of that sort of thing. But the way they do it, do it is annoying. The overall concept is good, but something about this just isn't working for me. Even the word balloons were bothering me in this issue. So much white space, so little text. Mm. By the way, after nine months at my new job, I was able to pay cash for a 2013 Stevie Shonic. Hmm. It's a metallic crimson color and needs a name. Oh. So I, I think it's up to us to name his 2013 Chevy Sonic. A hedgehog. So what immediately comes to mind. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The I mean, hedgehog, of course. Can we can we update after like towards yeah. the end of the show? Let's all throw out our best names. Sure, if you want to. Or even next like, week. Like let it, like let it, let it fester a little bit. I mean, I'd take a whole week. I'd take a whole week on this. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think that the earliest that we can come up with good names is twenty twenty one. Yeah, let's not push it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for everybody who writes in and everyone who tunes in and hangs out with us. I apologize if you're listening on the audio show, 
but uh, you'll hear this sometime in 2021. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, did anybody else get a chance to read the third issue of uh, We Only Find Them When They're Dead this week? Not- um, I'm hot take. I don't disagree with uh, Christopher St. Saucy right now. Mm. Um, oh, no. I actually, I, I, it seems as though I'm liking the series more than him. However, the coloring of the art is incredibly dark. And then when they're shifting time periods, it gets a little weird. Like it's and uh, because we talked about this, I think the last issue, the text yeah, balloons that I, or like the the font that they're using for to show you like time changes yeah. is really small in like old English in either the right hand side or the lower left hand side. So if you're not paying explicit attention, because in the art it doesn't show a difference whatsoever in the character mm. design or or the coloring that you know something is is different. So it's it's a very um, it's just a very dark look, almost like too moody to even like get across how cool some of the concepts are. Wow. So I'm not disagreeing with him. Yeah, that's an interesting concept to do the time shifts in a different font, but noticeable is certainly a big part of that. Uh, all right, so my computer is finally up and running, so I just have to sign in to do all that stuff. But let's get into the comic books. American Ronin, number two of five uh, by Peter Milligan. And is it ACO? 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 I thought it was ACO, but I could be wrong. I like ACO. War is over. Democracy and illusion. Real power now lies not with nation states, but with huge corporations engaged in a silent war for global domination. Their number one weapon, highly skilled, technologically enhanced operatives trained since childhood to pledge their allegiance to the corporate flag. But what happens when one such operative breaks free of his mental chains and decides to bring the whole system down? Can one Ronin make a difference? What did you guys think? Can one Ronin make a difference? Probably. <laughs> what did he sand that? Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, uh, can one Rona make a difference? I don't know. We'll yeah. See. yeah, could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I've been reading these story things for a while, and yeah. I'm feeling hey, okay. like, there's these arcs, narrative structures. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I see something coming. That's my read on this. Um, and so I read issue one. It, Yesterday or today, you know, I read them um, one and then number two, right at one after another. Uh, I liked it. I think it's an it's an interesting world. Um, it, Peter Milligan is somebody that I haven't really read a lot of, but I find his stuff to be offbeat and cool, and it uh, you know harkens back to that kind of thing. Um, and it, it it's an intriguing concept. It's it's. It's not like the concept itself really grabs me so much, but it's um, it's enough to keep going. You know, to I shouldn't say the concept, the the story or the tone is not one that I would necessarily feel like really compelled to to read. But the, uh, to spell it out, the the um, uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, I am being distracted by twice the amount of JDs that are normally on the screen. <laughs> Switch is two. Um, uh, sorry. The, so the thing that he does is he is a he's a killer. He's an assassin who largely works by empathizing very very heavily with his targets or the people on on route to his targets, and 
um, technologically empathizing with them um, and kind of getting in their heads and knowing their weaknesses and that kind of thing. And uh, I, yeah, it, it's very interesting. And it's, I, I'm not sure exactly where the story is going, but the character setup has been cool so far. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the idea of these Ronin, these um, warriors without, or samurais or warriors without masters, it, it, the more that they're widening it, it seems as though there's maybe just a finite number in the world. They are just for the highest bidder, not necessarily affiliated with any country. And they all seem to have some sort of empathy or, or technologically enhanced empathic mm -hmm. or empathy thing. So the character we're following, the main character we're following is if he can get someone's DNA, he can actually like ex feel all of their feelings in order to get inside their head and go take care of it. The first issue was awesome. Like the way that it all panned out was that he got his target to kill themselves because he was able to get completely inside their head and know exactly what to say in order to get them to do it, which is the coolest concept in the world. The idea of being able to use any means necessary, including psychological in order to take out your hit. That's mm -hmm. awesome. The second issue, the second issue was, wasn't as good, but it still flowed from the stuff I really liked about the, the first issue. Like there was something off about this issue that like the art wasn't as, as tight. The layouts weren't as, weren't as imaginative and we didn't learn really it's like for a five issue mini, I figured it would just kind of like be a little deeper, but it was just kind of another, I don't know, like 10% change in the story. It was just this nightmare guy versus this. Yeah. They guy. added that. They, you know, like a guy who is like him chasing him while he's chasing other people kind of thing. Um, yeah. But it's, yeah. but his, his specific power is being able to, get inside of someone's nightmares, whereas the other guy is able to get inside someone's like feelings. So, I mean, the idea that this could expand to like, somebody is able to get into desires. Somebody is able to get into, I don't know, anxieties. Someone mm. like, mm. that's a really cool idea that they can mm. expand. But this issue was really just a little bit more of the same, which is not a bad thing. It was just kind of like, a, all right, cool, fine. It, it's yeah. got a cool, like, psycho-dystopian feel. You know, like, that kind of future where there's this psychological element to it. You know, I mean, explicitly in the text. But um, it it's a sub-sub-genre kind of thing, you know. Uh, but it's cool. See, this is the kind of comic book that um, that makes me... This is what makes me go to the trades. Because mm -hmm. I read the first issue, and I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed, you know the the world building of it i enjoyed the idea of talking somebody into killing themselves and everything like that i i i enjoyed the the attempts that were being made with the story i like the the story i like the storytelling of the art i like the artwork and everything but by the time i get to the second issue and i begin reading it and the second issue doesn't quite have that same kind of like drive as the first one like i agree with you uh no I quickly got bored with it. And I was just like, uh, this is pretty art, but I'm not caring a little bit about all this, this whole setup thing. So I'm finding myself disengaging with the story as much as I probably shouldn't be, right? Because based on what I had before. Um, and it just made me say, oh, I just wish this was the whole 
effing story because I'd power through this because I know there's probably more coming at the end. But no, I'm going to, this is just a chapter and I just don't care about this chapter. It's not that I don't enjoy it. It's not that it's not pretty. The art is great. I think I mentioned it in our first review. It's got like a vibe of a, a like, the very best of J.G. Jones, his artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, there's a lot of that in there. I really enjoyed it. It also kind of reminded me a little bit of, um, and I think this is the artist's name, J.D. will correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Tony Harris, the guy who did uh, Starman. Starman? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And then did, uh, what was that book about the mayor that was like a super- Ex Machina. Ex Machina, yeah. Wow. It's kind of got a little bit of that vibe to, to it, too. Definitely more J.G. Jones. But um, So I was digging it, but J.G. Jones's art, as good as it is, is another artist who... When I see his art, I just want to wait for the whole book. I don't want to get piecemeal. I just want to get the whole thing. And that's how yeah. I felt about that's how I felt about this. It's not that it wasn't interesting enough, but it just made me just long for the whole the whole story. It, it's it's good. It's an original concept. It's well written. It's 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 well drawn. But it just there's a little bit of it. This chapter left me cold enough that I just couldn't get through it as a as a whole. Miniseries are hard, right? So like mm-hmm. we're we're so we're so conditioned to absorb um superhero comics or big two comics in sequential like kind of chunks. And then it's almost just like a choice to make it a trade. So you just don't have as much paper. But usually they read pretty well just sequentially or 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 serialized. Mm-hmm. Miniseries are hard. Like they have this one specific story they want to tell, but then they've chosen a format that is more serialized. Mm-hmm. So having those cutoff points in between issues is is really rough. Like usually it ends up being a great first issue, hopefully a great second one, but that third one out of five or fourth one out of six mm-hmm. is usually just kind of treading water narratively before the you know the kickoff. Even event comics have this issue where they've got a really specific finite mm-hmm. story to tell, but it's... uh, serialized so Mm -hmm. there's going to be like with um even with dark knight's death metal this last issue issue four was like okay Mm. because there were so many other like extra things happening all around it the actual issue was just really anticlimactic like and i think that's kind of what you're you're speaking to it's not a this is better in trade or this is not better in trade it's just you've got this i don't think that they chose the right moment or or maybe they didn't piece it out right for issues Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But there was a, there was definitely for me too, there was a little bit of like, this is great on paper or like literally on paper, but there's (laughs) there's something like the first issue I was genuinely excited for because it was so totally different. This one's just like, yeah, it's cool. Hmm. It's fine. I think it was incredibly overwritten. Uh, I mm. think this could have benefited from a little bit more show, don't tell. There's so much tell. And there is quite a bit of show. Uh, the art, like Noel, uh, Len mm. said, is just awesome. It's really well done. It's a, it's gorgeous to look at. All of the different things that the, the artist does with the panel layouts and, and the, um, what would you call them, onomatopoeias, like yeah. here with the crack. And then the panel is the word, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so you're looking through the word to see the action behind the word. I love stuff like that. You've got layouts like this where you've got a close-up of an eyeball, but then you have all of these little fractions of panels floating all over the place. I really like the visual representation of when these characters inject 
the either feelings or the nightmares of their victims. Mm. And I, I think that's the, the reason um, that I like this slightly less than the first issue. I still think this is really good. I think my only problem is there's just a lot of writing and it doesn't, it's, it's a little extraneous at times, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think but, you're right. I think like, I think if I remember correctly, <laughs> the first issue was a little tighter in story and this one kind of like it's going back and forth and it's, it's going to so many different places. Um, like in the first issue, we, we're not really introduced to, to the big bad, this albino guy until like the, the last parts of the, the issue. And here he's so much a, you know, you're going back and forth to him. It, I, I just think it, it yes, yeah, it's a little bit too much. A little. Yeah, this one, this one tried to squeeze in a lot more world building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first issue was was very much just focused on this Ronin and what he and how he does what he does. This one is it's it opened it up to in a weird way, kind of like the secret society that's responsible for the Ronins, but then also the. So it was it was a lot of. Um, it was a lot of info dump, but it wasn't done cleanly. It was done like obtusely. Yeah. Because the all the text boxes are mainly kind of um, internal monologue thought, not telling you the reader what's going on in, in a in a third person omniscient kind of way. Mm-hmm. So you're constantly switching voices, but then they're telling you information you need to know. So it's just it's it's oddly a little disjointed. Overwritten is probably the best way to put it, JD. Yeah. Uh, JD, that page that you had on just the last one, I, I'm a big fan of that. I like what he does with the sunglasses or just regular glasses mm-hmm. throughout. I like that face in shadow, just seeing the different color glasses. And this page in particular is, I just think it's a very striking image where he's got the yeah. two orange lenses and then that device that he's holding. I don't know, is it a scope or a camera yeah. or something? Yeah, yeah. That's um, well done. Yeah. I would. I, I'm definitely going to finish this series, and I would totally recommend it. But this issue was a little bit of a. It was. I mean, I guess it was a little bit of a downer because the first one I enjoyed so much, but it yeah. wasn't bad at right. all. Exactly. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. God damn! Look at this art. Ah. Yeah. Those circular yeah. panels. The like repeating yeah. circular panel at the top of the page, kind of dominating the page. It's very cool. I want to, I want to give AWA more of a shot. This is the only series I've read from theirs so far. Hmm. They've got a couple of really cool writers doing things, like Benjamin Percy's doing a zombie book. Um, I think we had tried what was it, Devil's Highway? That was a, that was pretty a pretty decent first issue. Like, I, I'm I'm hoping that they find that kind of niche in the market that was Vertigo once, because all of their stuff kind of seems to be shooting for that mm. you know i just re- i just it just hit on me who that art is rem- reminiscent of it's jg jones was a touch of jim steranko from the early days of the 60s his <laughs> oh like the shield stuff his shield stuff yeah, yeah. that's, yeah, that's all good that. yeah. yeah all good shit uh samuel david says i agree noel it is really hard to do with a mini but you know what stealth did it in an awesome way it, it was that's a mini one. but every single issue was interesting and left you with an awesome cliffhanger He's right. That's a good point. Did Stuff that, did that finish? Yeah. Yeah, we didn't read the sixth issue. We didn't. Yeah, we read every issue and reviewed oh, every man. issue except for the last one. Oh. No. Get in a trade, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Get us in a trade. That was good. Because <laughs> Stealth is good. Stealth is actually a very good book. Yeah. Samuel David also said that Hotel uh, and Archangel 8 from AWO are pretty good. Um, Samuel David, uh, did you read um, – Resistance is that the J. Michael Straczynski book? 
from AWA? Something like that. Let us know. Yeah. Let's move on to the next book, Getting It Together, number two of four. It's a four-issue miniseries from Image Comics. Uh, with art by Cena Grace and Omar Spahi, with art by Jenny Fine and MX Struble. Is it really possible to be friends with your ex? Sam and Lauren try to work things out while Jack dives deeper into dating apps, which brings more surprises from his past than he expected. Meanwhile, Lauren's band, Nip Slip, gets an offer they simply can't refuse. This issue contains 29 pages of joyous melodrama and a bonus Jack Sight quest um we all I, well, I don't know if we all but m i think most of us enjoyed the first issue it was a nice break from the big super heroics and the assassins and the mercenaries and all the other stuff that we usually see every week and it's a nice little slice of life relationship book um so it's it's nice to kind of turn off all the big crazy fight scenes and everything and just hang out with people who are having friendship troubles and relationship troubles and just trying to figure out how to coexist uh, and find love. So I, I think it's a pretty solid book. And I'm going to, I read that book and then I read another book this week, which made me realize something about this book is that I wish it had just a touch more humor. Hmm. I think the only problem that I have with connecting with these characters is there's so much melodrama. There's so much sniping back and forth at each other and relationship stuff, which is great, but I didn't really feel any breaks in the tension. It just seemed to be like, this person's fighting with this person, and this person's trying to fuck this person. I could have used a little bit of, I think, just levity, a little bit of humor. Um, I don't know if maybe there's a character in there who would be better, best for that, but yeah, I, I think it's good. It's solid, and it's really uh, good if you like romance and relationship books. But I just think it's missing just a little bit of something to keep me more engaged as a reader. What did you guys think? No. Um, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. I, like, I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this book much like I would enjoy stumbling on a movie outside of my specific demographic on a rainy day. Right? Like, you get sucked into things that you normally wouldn't seek out. Um and and part of that too is the frustration with the characters. Yeah. So I've lived longer than some of these people in the book. And I I immediately recognize just incredibly damaging behavior that I that in other mediums I just wouldn't tolerate. I would just turn the channel. But this is done this is done in an honest and kind of not showy way. So it's a little bit more engaging and it's a little bit more earnest, which gives it a lot more um leeway for me. Uh I to the question in the solicits, like, yes, you could be friends with an ex, but not immediately when you're still harboring intense emotions for them, sometimes hate, sometimes like, so it's these, it's these things of like, uh, the writers are definitely hitting on very, um, palpable, uh, uh, emotions. And also too, like I've never, most of the times that I've read or watched, um, plots like this it has not been with queer characters which i really really like like uh um it's it's a it's a perspective that i don't have so like uh normalizing in popular fiction all of these these um all of these relationships and how they function and and showing just how similar they all are in a lot of ways and just as much as they're very different is 
is an enjoyable ride to me, even though sometimes I really hate these characters. Right. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's kind of the fun of it, isn't it? Like, so yeah. um, when you're watching um, a show like this on HBO or wherever, I think there's a lot of TV shows that deal with these sorts of things. Um, half of the fun is kind of being angry at all the characters for making Hate bad watch. decisions because yeah. that is the essence of drama. Right. <laughs> like they made a bad decision and now they have to suffer the consequences of that bad decision, which is the whole point of it. Right. So, yeah, no, I agree, though. Or when you're like, don't go in there in a horror movie, but yeah, on an exactly. emotional level. Exactly. <laughs> in a relationship. Yeah, don't, don't go into that friendship relationship. You just left your romantic relationship. Don't go in that relationship. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Like, dude, you're so raw. Don't do that. Don't yeah. t- like, why would you bring that up? Uh, now, I didn't... Oh, sorry, Len, do you... No, uh, no, no, go, go. Yeah. Uh, I didn't read the first issue, and I didn't know what I was getting into at all. And uh, the things that you said, J.D., about the kind of books that we normally read, I thought that this was that, and I was like, what is happening with this comic? <laughs> Nothing is when, happening. What is when it? will one turn into a monster? Right, exactly. When, when are they going to get it together who, in a sci-fi way? Who's secretly bulletproof? Yeah. What's right. happening right Which now? Which one of these people was secretly bitten by a zombie and isn't telling the rest of the group? Right. I mean, nothing <laughs> like that happened in the whole comic. I mean, that we know of. <laughs> that we, that's true. It's a secret. It's a heavily yeah. kept issue, secret. Issue four has got a really big cliffhanger <laughs> right here. <laughs> All right, I'll stick with it through issue four for that. Um, and I mean, as a consequence, I, I, when you gave that analogy, Noel, of like a movie that's out of your demographic on a rainy day, that has totally happened to me and it's an enjoyable mm-hmm. experience. That didn't happen to me for this. Um, I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't engaged with the characters. I also didn't read the first issue. So I'm like, none of this has any impact for me. It's just people in these complicated relationships that are, you know, first they don't like each other, but they do like each other, you know, all that stuff. Also, some of the art bothered me. Mm. I personally am not into like normal pose, wildly expressive pose when I am expressing something emotional. Um, I, it's, I don't like that. It's just a, a style choice that I'm not into. Um, it kind of like an anime, uh, they do the same kind of thing and it's for people. Hey, that was cool. The, what you have on the screen now where we're, um, seeing the, the clouds in behind their heads as these two characters who are meeting, who are angry with each other. And well, one of them is very angry. And there are skulls <laughs> and lightning in behind, and the other one has a rain cloud. That's a cool choice. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, the art's a little rough. Ultimately, yeah, I think maybe had I known what I was getting into, I would have felt differently about it. But um, it, it just wasn't my thing. It wasn't for me. Is she punching him in the neck? Yeah, smash. Yeah, it, it's um, it's a, it's a. So the, like, actually, I really love that scene that you're showing there. Um, uh, she smacks him, but. Mm-hmm. You never see like in reality if stuff, if you try and smack someone or someone tries to smack you, it's it's not like well choreographed right. or rehearsed where it just perfectly gets the side of your cheek with the cup of a hand to make a thing. It's usually really sloppy, or they get to the neck, or they smack your ear, like or, in Fight like, Club. Like, hit yeah. me in the ear. <laughs> yeah, it's, and and this drawing is pretty much that like. He he curls away. She gets his neck. Like it, it's it's a whole like really. It's it's not pretty, which is pretty much this whole book. It's just not pretty. Well, I think that's the other thing, like to to B's point that that um, makes this a, a bit of a rough sell for me is that it is not pretty. The art is very sketchy, and while 
it's a choice and there are some scenes where it works um there are other for the most part it it doesn't work and it's just a little bit too sketchy and i don't think of it it uh services the story well at least not to my eyes um it's not bad though and overall i try i got into it but the art the art had, because of its sketchiness kind of like lives in that between space between something that's serious and slightly comedic and then when this is all melodrama it's like well then the art's not really selling it well to me you know what i mean um mm-hmm. now i don't mind it being all melodrama i don't mind it being you know maybe i don't think it takes itself too serious but it takes itself a little ser- you know serious um and i don't mind that so much because when you when we were this age because none of us are this age anymore brian's the closest to it um but he's a baby he's the baby <laughs> don't let the, don't let that don't let that voice fool you ladies and gentlemen yeah. he's the, he's the diaper boy of the group um but, um but when we were this age these things had this much weight to us. You know what I mean? Yeah. They did have that much weight to your whole day, to your whole mood, and how you uh, interacted with everybody in your circle based on just this one little piece of minutiae that happened. You know what I mean? Um, that scene right there, the scene of the the hookup that happens, um, and, I, and, 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 and saying it's a hookup is actually doing it a disservice because it actually is very... Mm-hmm sweet and you know um uh romantic thing that happens between these two men in the book that scene is actually well done and 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 a bit of humor that is brought onto the page so it's the one little part where i was like ah this is funny you know why isn't there more of this um but the level of melodrama didn't bother me so much it's just that i just don't think it's it's sold it, it's sold well by the art, by the artistic choices. Also, this story easily could have ended on like four different pages, yeah. I thought, was the end. Perfect end, either by the, the way the art was laid out or by the story beat that, that happened. But no, it doesn't. Where does it end? It literally ends in the middle of a conversation. And it ends yeah. off on the off. Yeah. Deep left hand, right hand corner. It was like, oh yeah, we're done now. See you next week. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. wait a minute. It is took this, me. <laughs> is this where we're it ending? took me two issues. It took me two issues to realize that this is very explicitly kind of structured like a sitcom. Right. Mm. So there's a plots and b plots, and they mm. do kind of hang off. With, like they don't have endings so much as punchlines, and then they fade to black. Mm. Like there's a. There's a uh, this is the kind of melodrama that's not it's not trying to convince you that it's hyper important and end of the world so much as everyone inside the story thinks it's hyper important and end of the world. So there's a bit of a a disconnect with how uh, dramatic or how important it is, Mm -hmm. you know, like even though the characters are struggling hard, they're still kind of funny because the book's not trying to convince you that their struggle is super real. They're just everyone just earnestly believes that it is. Mm-hmm. which I appreciate. Like if it was, if it's like the difference between watching a really good rom-com and watching the bachelor, the bachelor is manufactured <laughs> bullshit. That's trying to convince you that it's really important 
Whereas a rom-com is just, no, 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 all these characters are safe inside the story and they think it's important, but I just want you to enjoy it. Like there's a, there's a completely different type of, of way that it hits me. And this was more successful to me. I was just trying to think, does anybody in here that already knows each other have a conversation that is just not problematic <laughs> in some way? And I, I think maybe they do. Well, Annie kissing um, the guy in the blue shirt, that was, I guess, a problem because somebody else had a problem with it, but that wasn't necessarily wrong. But the two friends, the blue shirt guy and the brother of the band woman. Um, <laughs> the blue he, uh, shirt guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there it means. It's fine. Yeah. He's, uh, I don't uh, for the Ashton? people uh, at home, Ash- uh, no, Ashton's the he's the one in the blue. Ashton shirt. is the um, the bass player. Yeah. No, the other. No, guy. he's talking about the the brother, the guy who broke up with the. Talk about the Sam. 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 Yeah, I I don't know. I was just trying to think of like, like, is there anyone here who is just? It's like a good, a fun conversation. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean the Tinder date. He was my favorite character in this oh, in this issue. Yes, I, sorry, with people that they already know. But yes, that you're right. That's why I modified it that way because the Tinder date was great, and maybe they'll be good together. You know, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, I mean, I think Sam will fuck it up, and that's what makes me excited about this book. Like, I think <laughs> Sam's going to screw it up because he is just looking for hookups. Whereas this is potential for a really good relationship, mm-hmm. but he'll mess it up because his role models, his sister uh, and best friend, don't know how to have functional uh, relationships. That's the fun of these like romance comics. You just kind of get into the drama of it at a at a nice distance. What do you think of Laura? Who is which one is she? Is she Laura the main? Is, I, and, and, I don't know why I think this. I, it's it's an ensemble book. There is no main character, but Laura seems to be the main character to me. No, she seems to be the main yeah, character. She's, 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 right. yeah, yeah. she's the she, center of the diagram. Right. I don't know if she's the protagonist, but she is the, how everyone's connected. She she is not super likable. Yeah. Uh like every decision she makes in this book is kind of like, oh, <laughs> like she's the one who, who did she make out or have sex with Ashton? Had sex, sex with sex She had sex yeah. with Ashton. She did yeah. on her boyfriend. The boyfriend and her broke up. Um, and now she's mad at like literally every other person. Mm-hmm. And I realize so, she's, she's going through something, right? Like she's obviously yeah. having some sort of, um, God, what's the word I want to use? Um, but yeah, she's just going through something emotionally and she's trying to figure things out. But man, every decision and every interaction she has is just kind of cringy. And so well, I'm, she I'm hoping there will be a character arc for her. She didn't cheat, technically. Yeah, because they, oh. they, they were broken up, I think. No, they opened up their relationship con- consciously uh, because uh, it was his idea. Oh, I thought uh, it was. And they then were she talking with- about opening up their relationship and she just went ahead and did it. They were oh, they opened it up, but he didn't assume that one she was going to act on it so quickly, yeah. and two it would be someone he knows, mm. and that's the problem uh, that kind of precipitated okay. all of this. Like, oh, that hurt my feelings. Oh, I can't escape it because this person's in your band, yeah, and a mm. part of our circle. Mm. Mm. Then so that's why you don't open up your relationship. Well, dummy. I it's, again, it's the uh, it's the stupid it's the stupid. Um, life choices of young people like they we all have to make mistakes in hindsight we could see this and be like oh she's going through something oh that was a dumb idea but i'm, I'm just kind of sucked into it and i don't know if i like her or not yet mm. did you read the backup story did you guys read the backup story no i didn't uh, i did i don't remember i did it. not either 
I read the very end of it, and I think I got the, the gist. It looked fun. looked cute, but uh, I didn't read it. Everything about this is cute. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys go to Nipslip Sucks with XXX.Bandcamp.com to hear Lauren's demos for Nipslip songs? No. I, I have only gone to a URL from a comic book once in my life. What was that URL? That was at the end of um, certain issues of Murder Falcon. It was okay. a URL to metal playlists mm. and original metal music to go with the book. Oh, I was all like, right. oh, okay, cool. Oh, that's cool. Uh, now, but you did go to the QR code, right? Actually, just a couple of weeks ago. Oh, for, yeah, for We Live. And then yeah. I turned it off immediately. I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Are you talking about the band camp? Yeah. yeah. For Nip Slip? Yeah. Wasn't great. Right. <laughs> I was really excited for it. I was like, oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. But like, I put it on and I was like, mm. I guess it's always hard to do it, right? Like, we're making a comic. It would be cool if we had some music to go along with it, but we're not necessarily in that genre at all. Mm. And even acquiring, so, you know, like manufactured music from this band in the story is always a tough, a tough It's a neat to idea, though. I always like when they, when they, oh, yeah. Like that. Definitely. Let's move on to Kick-Ass versus Hit-Girl, number one of five from Image Comics by Steve Niles and Marcelo Fruzen, with a cover by John Romita Jr. New story arc! It's Kick-Ass versus Hit-Girl. Oh my god, that's the title of the book. Old <laughs> allies become enemies when Mindy screeches into Albuquerque to kill the imposter who's been running gangs in New Mexico. And as Hit-Girl sets out to avenge Dave and stop Kick-Ass's criminal operations for good... Patience fights to survive as the target of the best assassin in the biz and questions whether she could ever kill a child to save her own life. So I have not read Kick-Ass or Hit-Girl in a very long time. I do remember that there was a new Kick-Ass and she was a uh, ex-military woman who came home and found out that like her husband had left her and the military did not give her any benefits or anything so she was really struggling and she winds up ordering the kick-ass costume online because it's very popular due to you know dave lazuski or whatever his name was and so she orders it and then starts kicking stealing ass. money from yeah kicking ass uh stealing money from criminals that's that's where i left off i think it was the first issue of that series and i never read any further not on purpose i just lost track of it and here we are yeah. Uh, I'm trying to decide if I like it, and I'm also trying to decide what's happening in the book. Uh, so uh, a, a little catch-up would have been nice. Yeah. What did you? What think? happened to Dave Lazuski? Exactly. I don't know. Oh. Okay. Well, the description that you read, some of that was news to me. Having yeah. read the, you know, like can't somebody contemplates if they can get something, save them from killing a child? I don't remember that coming up. There That's was. Uh, hit girls' motivations. There was nothing about that, right? Like, can she save somebody? Was that anywhere in the in this nope. book? Nope. I've never read anything from this from this world, this universe, and I had absolutely no idea what was going on. I knew that Kickass existed, and this was not the one that was originally Kickass. Um, just from like, there was a movie. I didn't see it, but I you know saw the trailers or whatever. It was good. Was it? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was fun. Yeah. The first one was very good. All right. Better than the book. That, oh, yes, sweet. it was. Yeah. Sweet. And vastly different than this. That was the thing. That was my question. Like, do you guys like the 
direction that this is taken? Because it was direction? about some some diddle derp uh, putting on a costume and deciding to fight crime because he was upset, and then constantly getting his ass kicked. Uh, uh, and then thoughts. he meets yeah. uh, Hit Girl, is an, an actual assassin who is trained by a comic book loving dad to be his kind of Robin. Hmm. And just she is just the m most murdering little girl <laughs> in all the land. Uh, so she's kind of what I, I thought was fun about the series was Hit Girl. And um, and she's had a couple of miniseries since then, which I haven't really read. Is but. she a big part of it, like, all yes. along? Yes. Oh, okay. From Jump, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I hated this. Um, <laughs> I, I hated reading it. How about that? Uh, Morning. the charm of the original is, was the, the out of touch kind of of it and the, you know, the silliness of it. This militarizes it. I mean, the character is potentially very compelling. However, they they also don't really have need to emulate a kid who was main famous for getting his ass kicked and then happen to take down one or two bad guys you know like there's there's no reason for it to be kick-ass it's just possibly a good story on its own so it's kind of weird like I, the connection itself didn't really do anything for me but then this issue it was awful um there's there's no lead-in there's no runway there's no there's no setup. It's just, oh, I'm sorry. Were you not familiar with the 40 issues before? This is a yeah. new title, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, this and, is issue right. 43 with no Stru backstory, but we're calling it number one. Right. Structurally, this this was, I was telling the guys off, off mic before, this is the equivalent of the free preview you got in Wizard that had no beginning, no ending, oh hardly God. any context. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it was just like, okay, yeah. cool. Like, this was, I, I didn't like this at all. I, yeah. uh, during that same conversation beforehand, I mentioned like the, the best part was that I didn't realize that that was the last page and it was, <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I'm still reading this. Oh, it's done. <laughs> like that. There was no real sense that it was the ending of this comic, but I was uh, you know, I was like, great. I mean, now, in fairness to the book, I was trying to cram all the books in, like, last night and this morning uh, to be able to discuss them with these guys on the show. But, uh, I mean, this this definitely is not my yeah. uh, my alley anyway. And I was like, ugh, fine. Um, homosexual in the chat actually did throw up. Um, he threw up. No, but he threw up <laughs> on screen. Uh, the new kick-ass is great, but a whole lot has happened, so it would be hard to jump in now. But pretty sure it will be heroes fighting due to misunderstanding and then teaming up against the real bad guys. Yay! Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Sense. We know that that's what's going to happen. Sure. But even the big two, when they do the when they start an event, because this is billed as an event. These are two IPs fighting mm. each other as mm. the title. They even throw some text boxes up there to just tell you which each character right. is yeah. doing or where they came right. from, because you will have new readers. Right. This does nothing to set groundwork whatsoever. And like the, it just throws you in like it's a sequel. Yeah. Like what? And, and the like part of the reason I didn't realize that it was the end is that that's when Hit Girl shows up. And even that is not something that doesn't happen a lot where like it'll be these two main characters and one of the main characters won't show up till the end of the first issue. But it, it just didn't. It was like two pages. It didn't. It didn't do anything to grab me. 
Um, because you don't know where Hit Girl is coming from. I have no idea what her deal is yeah, at right. all. And um, it, yeah, and it didn't. But but that has been done with characters that I've never heard about before. You know yeah, what I that's mean? True. They show up at the end. But the, yeah. the, they can show up at the end, but at least when they show up, there is either, first of all, either they have such recognition with you that sure. you kind of know where they're coming from. Like Batman right. can show up at the end. Well, you know he's just coming from a bat rope or he's coming right. from the bat rope. <laughs> right, right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and if you're in this world, okay, maybe you know Hit Girl and maybe, and, and let's face it, as, as though the movies were named Kick-Ass and I think there was a Kick-Ass 2 um, okay. and, and the books started as Kick-Ass, Hit Girl has taken over to be the more uh, popular right, right. IP of this yeah. of this world. So mm-hmm. so for people that know th- that are into this world, they know Hit Girl. But that means when you're introduced to Hit Girl, it should be a moment. And she kind of just just shows up. It's not really with any type of grand entrance. Okay, okay. Right. M- maybe maybe it it might be grand. Let me strike that. It might be grand because when she does show up, she does literally chop somebody's head off when we see her. But that would only that would stand out if we hadn't already seen somebody else's head get chopped off a couple of pages before by the other protagonist in this book. So that's the connection. They well, both they, do that. Right. So, <laughs> but Hit Girl's not bringing anything new to the table now. You know what I mean? I'll tell you what. If it had ended on that page, I think it would have been better, right? That's a good, shocking it, – it's almost like you get too much of Hit Girl for there to be nothing about her. Mm-hmm. If it had been like these guys, they're riding up trying to attack these people, and Hit Girl comes up and she chops one of their heads off, splash page, and it's done. You're like, what was, what's going on here? Who's this? I think it was – I think it was – um. Hawkman, Hawkeye, Hawkman, that we read a couple months ago, uh, where it ended with a cliffhanger with the character reveal, and I was like, "Who the hell is this character?" Oh, right. So, like, yeah, yeah. Did not letting the reader in, like, if you're coming in blind, not letting the reader in as to what impact this right. last page reveal is, because yeah, they introduced Hit Girl, and that's cool, and we should know who she is, but then she's riding into Albuquerque. Right. Awesome. That's kind of a unless yeah. you read the solicit. You don't know that the story is taking place in Albuquerque, right? Right. right. Like, there's not. nothing that says <laughs> right. she's so. So what the hell does it mean? Unless I have right. this is like this is like saying, oh, you'll really enjoy this book if you read the four thousand pages of appendices and know what's happening. Like what? Right. right. Did, the, the, that's a really good point. Did they at any time say that Kickass no. was in Albuquerque before that? No. no. Unless no. you read the other stuff. No. Oh, right. 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 No. Yeah. Well, well, see, she's, the, she's on her way, and she's like, up. Oh, Welcome to Albuquerque. All right, why? Okay. Right. right. I guess. What's she doing there? Well, that's the problem when you when your when your comic book literally starts in the like the the second page of the second act of the script. So you don't really know <laughs> yeah. what happened beforehand. The other thing that is a bad part about this about this book is the art by Marcelo Frusen is not it's not bad art and I know I'd seen his art before and I had to look up his name um he worked with Brian Azzarello on Loveless like that's where that's where I was introduced to him and while his art is not necessarily bad it is almost like three dollar Eduardo Riso so it doesn't have that same energy that I find in Eduardo Riso's 
art where I might necess- not necessarily know what's going on but or enjoy what's going on, but I'm having fun looking at it. This one, it's not bad, but it's still just a little still it's stilted enough that it's just not engaging me yeah. either in the artwork. Agreed. Yeah. There's also a little bit of Leon what is his name? Uh Leando Fernandez. Yep. Yep. Um and a little um, bit down here on this last panel you can see a little bit of um um Francis Yu. Mm-hmm. Leando, Leando, especially in the screaming face on the bottom, Leando Fernandez is the guy that's doing Old Guard right now, right? Yeah. Yeah, his, but his stuff, his stuff is, mu- is much more like Eduardo Riso, where the the facial uh, the facial features and the acting are, you know, just just south of realistic. Right. So they're 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 very accentuated. This is more. This is definitely like this is trying to be more realistic, but just kind of pulling away almost in like an uncanny valley. Yeah. Leando Fernandez, it like if, if he swerves into it at least, so you you stay in the story as opposed to, oh, that was a good panel and this looks weird next to it. You know, like pick this a lane, my friend. Yeah. This wasn't for me. Now, JD, we might not have cared for this comic, but are there any websites where people can donate money to this show? Oh, <laughs> what a segue. <laughs> You can go to patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo. We're actually working on, um, at Brandon's at Brandon's behest, we are working on patreon.com slash cultpopgo, or cultpop, um, where we're going to be bringing you a different type of show if we ever can get around to putting it together. Uh, so, but for right now, patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo goes to help the show out. So huh. if you want to help out that way, that would be great. If you don't have any money, just hang out with us. Come hang out with us. We do it for free. We're here to uh, hang out with our friends and to chat with uh, you guys. So come hang out, comment, like, subscribe, do all the stuff that you're supposed to do to help us out. Uh, that would be great. Yes. Cool. Enact physical cool. violence on all the like buttons on all of the things yep. and comment ferociously as much as humanly possible. That'd like a tiger, yeah. but human. Yes. Uh, like uh, a tiger. Yeah. Let's move on. The fuck was was that a tiger? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I got that. (laughs) It's a little, it's a, it's a little baby tiger. My tigers are babies too sometimes. Uh, Miskatonic number one from AfterShock Comics. Let's see, written by Mark Sable, art by Giorgio, Giorgio Pontrella. Miskatonic Valley holds. Many mysteries. Cultists worshipping old gods. A doctor dead set on resurrecting the recently deceased. A house overrun by rats in the walls. But none more recent than a series of bombings targeting the valley's elite. These horrors... But none more recent? Is that what that's I said? What, that's what I said! That, that's what I was thinking too. Ah, but none more recent... <laughs> I expect it to be like none right. more horrific Killing. than this thing. This is the yeah. most recent of all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Boy, if you it's thought those other ones were now. recent. They were, but now <laughs> this one is. <laughs> These horrors reach a point. But that was yesterday. <laughs> Today, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> it's These only horrors... recent until. <laughs> These horrors reach a breaking point when the brilliant, hard-nosed investigator Miranda Keller is sent to stop the bombings. To J. Edgar Hoover, there can be no other explanation than those responsible for similar actions during the Red Scare of the 1920s. But when Miranda digs too deep, 
She uncovers an unimaginable cult, occult conspiracy, one that may cost Miranda her job and her sanity. Uh-oh. Um, this was fine. Uh, Speaking the of cover, books, the cover had me. I was like, on. the cover looks great. I'm excited about this. This looks really cool. The art looks great. And uh, I don't think I like... Uh, what's his nuts? I don't like these types of stories. Um, mm. hey, uh, Lovecraft. H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. I do not care every single time. Except for Lovecraft Country. Mm. Which, I don't know if that counts. But like... Yeah, anything Barely. having to do with Miskatonic and and all and Lovecraft and all that stuff, I generally don't like. I enjoyed the Color Out of Space movie, hmm. but um, yeah, this this was fine. I was a little bored. The art was so so. Um, yeah, nothing really grabbed me about this. The characters weren't particularly interesting. Like, oh, she's a lady. To, she's a lady FBI agent or CIA. No, FBI. FBI. And and he does not like that. It's like, oh, all right, cool. <laughs> Um, what did you guys think? Hopefully you had a better experience than I did. Brian? Um, I didn't. Uh, it was <laughs> spe- <laughs> uh, hard to measure, but, it, you know, again, speaking of there is a lot going on before you read this book that it would be helpful to know. I was discussing it with a friend of mine last night, and I was like, yeah, you know, I read this, didn't really grab me. And she's like, oh, like Cthulhu stuff? And I was like, I don't know, maybe there's lizard guys. And then as I said things, I was like, well, they meant it's Miskatonic. And he's like, oh, she's like, oh, maybe. And it's like, and at the end they say Dagon. And she's like, oh, that's definitely Cthulhu yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. So if you are already steeped in that knowledge, then, you know, then maybe that's fine. And you're just like, ooh, the hints are, are coming out. And there are a lot of people that are really steeped in that knowledge. I've never been interested in that kind of thing. There's a few bits of, of his work that have sounded interesting to me, but I've never gotten into it. Um, yeah, the art is, the, the art, I don't dislike the art. It's not, it doesn't really move, and it might not be, this might not be the best story to go along with that art. Um, although it has that kind of old feel, and I can dig that sometimes, you know. It's, um, it reminds me of Nancy Drew, to be honest, which I never read, yeah. but it just kind of reminds me of it. Also, it, if they, any Look story where, what's that? Where's that butt? Sorry. Uh, it was like oh, there you go. Look at that monster's butt. That, the, the monster reveal is a very interesting angle and yeah. lighting. So, yeah. I'm sorry, that's all I want to say. It's like a supermodel, kind of. Yeah, um, it's just like, look over your shoulder, JCPenney oh, right. catalog kind right. of thing. Oh, I didn't see Very that. weird. Oh, yeah. and is there, and mouth agape in surprise. Like, hey. Yeah, yeah it's almost, very weird. It, it almost looks like uh, Claudia Schiffer was the model for that monster. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, but any it's story where J. Edgar Hoover is like a good a, a good character, <laughs> I'm not, and I'm not sure that this is that story. But when there, there's nothing good about this man, right? He's a shithead. Yeah. And you know, I was just, I was a little worried that he was being portrayed as like the upstanding head of the FBI. Wait, what? And, I thought and, he was kind of an asshole. He's a huge asshole. Yeah, he's he, okay. an asshole. I mean, he was in like the sort of I'm you're a woman and I'm going to be mean to you of that era. And I was worried that they were still kind of playing him as like, but he leads the FBI. And I'm not standing by that. I was just like, I don't like that if that's where they're going. Oh, I don't think so. Oh, Oh, great work. I'll try to I'll try to uh, transfer you to the secretarial pool. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. 
like all that, of course. Like there's all that like misogyny of that era. Well, I mean, and also yeah, yeah. The, the whole basis, the reason she goes down there mm-hmm. is because he thinks this might be connected to something that they solved a decade earlier. And he's mm-hmm. like, uh, you're going to go and you're going to make sure nobody hears about any of this. So he's, so, he's the, the whole thing mm-hmm. is like he's already starting to just try and cover up a thing that they're investigating. Yeah, Brian, what right. I think you're right. fearing that they were going to do with J. Edgar Hoover, they're actually doing with the agent she meets up with. And that's he, yeah. he is the um, classic misogynist that <laughs> is probably going to be proven wrong and or see the light by the end of the story that women are just as good as men. Right. Or he but doesn't then, hate them. But then yeah, as soon as yeah. it fades to black, he'll go ask her to, like, make him a pie. It, it, but it doesn't matter. Like, this, I... I I didn't hate this. Um, it read like a like the like the pilot episode of a procedural that had a pretty decent like yeah. supernatural twist. Um, I don't know if I want to keep reading it or maybe wait until it's in a more digestible chunk. Uh, but it was just fine. Like I, I think I'd give it like a B minus. There's literally nothing wrong with it. It just didn't check boxes that I typically yeah. enjoy. Oh, that cover, though, I, I forgot to mention. I agree. It, it's great. It's, I, I really had a different impression of it, like you mentioned, JT. I wanted to credit where credit is due. The cover? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, if only this book read as well as the um, the, the, the the whatever JD read, that, that you know, the write-up of the book. Because oh, that yeah. sounded interesting. This book yeah. was boring. Um I don't. I think the. I think the cover. You're right. It's great, and it sells it. And if I had only seen the cover, maybe I'm buying the book. But the. <laughs> but the. The book itself, while the art is not bad, it is very stilted. It's very. It's just uh, very just like paint inside the numbers. The storytelling jumps from all over the place. I mean, like the transitions from scene to scene sometimes makes absolutely no sense. And I had to turn to the page before, like, really? Did we really just jump from, you know, we were here on the side of the road and now all of a sudden the car's not working? We didn't like, like I'm like, what happened? Did I miss a page here? What's going on? I, it absolutely yeah. made no, it made no sense to me. Hmm. And it, it figures to be an interesting, like you said, procedural or some type of detective story that I'm all in for if it is well done. But this is just not well done at all. It just doesn't, it, it's just, the pacing is just bad. The artwork doesn't sell it. Um, and I just didn't in, enjoy it at all. But I, I will say, a saving grace for this for this comic book for me was that if let me see if I can bring this up real quick for you, uh, gentlemen. Booty. It's not. Mm. It's not booty. Not, um, <laughs> I, I mean, it's fish booty. So, um, I, some like you scanning through the art. Like I read this last night. This was this was pretty much the last thing I read this week. Um, the art felt like really, really early rough Phil Noto. Yeah. There's mm. a lot of like real static. Like, the way they draw a face is nice, but everything is very static and, and, and sterile in a way that early Phil Noto did. Like, he has gotten 
like his his pinups have were always been beautiful, but I remember reading some like early interiors that just looked like poses in between panels. Like it's not like that anymore, but this this felt like that where it was yeah. transitions were very rough and or not they just weren't fluid. They weren't very fluid at all. It was a very jerky experience. There's kind of a watercolory feel to the coloring. That also, also reminds me of Noto which, too, though. Yeah, yeah. And, and can sometimes feel like a, a static kind of uh, experience. What this book reminded me of was back in the early days of the, of the turn of the century, 2001, 2004. If people remember, there was a small little comic book company that uh, thought it could called CrossGen. Oh, yeah. They oh, yeah. put out yeah. a comic book called Ruse, R-U-S-E, oh, by yeah. Mark Wade and Butch Geis, which was a Victorian age, almost like detective story, like this pseudo Sherlock Holmesian type character. And it was so fucking good. It was one of the best comic books that I have mm-hmm ever read. I put a uh, image of the cover up there, JD, if you want to share it for people to, to, to see. Um, it, it was hmm. tight. It was well drawn because this was Butch Geist just having fun. You felt like you were in the Victorian age. It was like this pseudo Sherlock Holmesian type of dude who was a little misogynistic, who has to take on this woman partner who proves herself to be every bit his equal and he begrudgingly takes her on more or less as his um you know dr watson uh it was and it was a tight 26 issues of this book um it was great go look it up go buy it if you may have to dig into the crates and and a convention to find it um but it is well worth the buy Nice. Is it uh, in yeah, print, I, I, I know. What? Oh, sorry. I thought you were looking if it was in print. That's what I was trying to do. Yeah. I don't know if, if it everyone is. Everyone, stop talking. Um, <laughs> so, um, has anyone read any CrossGen before? I think I, I think did, I had, but I don't yeah. remember. I read CrossGen. Yeah. I read some CrossGen, but honestly, the only one that I, that really did it for me was Ruse. So, uh, so I, I, I fell in love with that. I remember in the early days of CrossGen, George per- Perez signed a contract with them, and he was yeah. doing a, an, a book with them that he quickly – no, he signed with them, but then he was doing covers because the book he was scheduled to do, he didn't do because they had an out that if – JLA Avengers happened, he would be allowed uh, to go do that. So then he went, I think, for like a year and did JLA Avengers and then came back and did his book. But by the time he did his book, Cross Gen was kind of like on its way to like failing as an experiment. Oh, and it, yeah, it, it I, I, it. I looked it up really quick. Yeah, because I, I remember reading about Cross Gen recently, like relatively recently in the last like two or three years. Um, and I was like, they were acquired by somebody. Did, did like who acquired them? And it was Disney. In yeah. 2004, Disney. Oh, Bond. really? Yep. Yeah. So I wonder where these characters exist. Like, can Marvel just do a a, a ruse oh, book right. now if they wanted right. to? Um, so for anyone looking, uh, there's a ruse omnibus from back in 2009. It's got all 17 issues of the Eisner and Harvey nominated series. Oh, so it's 17 issues. So that must be the ones that were by Wade because Wade left. And I think Scott Beatty Scott came, Beatty. Oh, okay. took, took on, took up after him. It looks well, really Scott cool. Ba- the uh, cover. Yeah. Scott Beatty. Yeah. Uh, there's another one. 
That has uh, 18 to 26. Yeah, so that's the finishing. By finishing. Scott Beatty. Yeah, that's, so that's Beatty's book. Yeah, it's, it's well, it's, uh, B, I'm telling you right now, if you, yeah. if you bought that, I guarantee you would love that book. You've gotten me interested in it. Like, you know, just the, uh, the praise that you heaped on it. And, and like, that art uh, hits a real sweet spot for me, too. Yeah, and uh, the story looks good. What's the, um, uh, excuse me, uh, my favorite retailer, what's the price point on that first 17 issues? We're doing this in real time, folks. Uh, it's out of print. <laughs> it's out. I'm telling you, yeah, I know, I know so for a fact. Let's move on to punchline number one, uh, <laughs> written by Sam Jones, with art by Mirka and Dolfo. This isn't the shopping network. As she faces the consequences for her role in the Joker War, the story of how Alexis K became punchline will take Leslie Tompkins, Harper Rowe, and Cullen Rowe on a harrowing journey that reveals a fringe teenager's radicalization to the idea ideology of a madman. It's a terrifying tale so big, it demanded an oversized special issue. So, this is the first one-shot um, dedicated to Punchline, who is basically the replacement for Harley Quinn, for lack of a better description. And we, we got a, a story about her in an anniversary issue, I think, recently, and we all went, oh, okay, cool. Uh, she she murdered her principal or something, the dean of the college. Mm -hmm. all right. Oh, right, right. Like initiation. Yeah. 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 This one I thought was much, much better, way more engaging, way more interesting. Gave us a little bit more to hang on to in terms of the character and why we should care about her. And I, I think it's, uh, it's uh, a lot of steps up from, from previously. <laughs> so um, what did you guys think, Brian? Uh... I I wasn't I wasn't really feeling it. Um, it wasn't bad. It was. Uh, I I agree with you. Like it uh, gave us a little bit more about her, and I like that she is. Um, it, like Harley Quinn was redeemable and is being redeemed, or maybe is redeemed, right? Like she she was. Uh, this person is just is a terrible murderer who yeah. <laughs> kills people. You know, um, and I think that, like, uh, practically speaking, that works better, right? Like, that way she just stays in the character space that she's at, and Harley Quinn can change and be something different, you know? And this, I, yeah. that's how I view this character, is she allows for no backsliding, you know, yeah, to Harley yeah, Quinn. Yeah. Um, I, I thought the podcast bits where she's doing, uh, you, like, hear the podcast that she tells of the Joker, I was... A little, it was text heavy and yeah. small. It was like really small on the tablet that I was reading it on. And so kind of difficult to read, you know. Um, I find it, I was like, in Gotham, they have a tank of Joker fish and they sell stuffed Joker fish. Yeah. Right? Right. And I, I could see awesome. that happening. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Mm. Um, so, yeah. It, also, since when is Leslie Tompkins like, mostly young and has that been a while yeah. now she's yeah. got gray hairish she's some um, yeah she's not, certainly not all gray up in a bun in a you know she's sitting here in like an alluring way you know not that people with gray hairs up in buns can't sit in alluring ways I, um, I i feel like we haven't seen much of leslie Tompkins or or even actually even harper Rowe since mm. scott snyder's mm. run on batman like they they've been kind of characters that are 
a little shifted to the side. Oh, I like and, that she's it, in it. You guys think she is yeah. being set up as like the foil to punchline? I'm hoping. Yeah. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, yeah. I'd like more Harper Row. I, I yeah. like her look. I, I don't know much about her, but I, I'd like to see more of her. Yeah. Um, yeah, overall, and her brother, you know, going down this path that is not so great. We'll see where that goes. That's an interesting story. Um, yeah. 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 That's, that's actually what I liked about this issue. Like, had I never, had I not read this, I wouldn't have felt I missed anything. But having read it, I liked what they were trying to do a lot. Like, first of all, this is far and away better than the, yeah. where we'd seen her origin before. Um, but I liked the idea of through uh, 12 to, or it was like 52 episodes of a podcast. It was a, it was a true kind podcast that people just like eat up uh, and binge through 52 episodes of a podcast. Um, she has been able to um, manipulate, radicalize uh, and so, or see doubt in large swaths of the population in Gotham. Which is something we see happen literally every day in real in the real world, <laughs> and I thought that that was interesting. Like to, I, I mean, it's not it's not a revolutionary idea. It was just it was done pretty well. It was an interesting idea. I I, I don't know what they're going to do with it, um, other than just continue to see doubt and this is going to be a a whole legal drama and she's going to get off and then she's going to have all of these like armies of incels or radicalized mm-hmm. idiots that follow her, which is a good idea. Um, I think this is a cool jumping off point. It was a like a a B ish story, but with a really, really good hook that hopefully gets utilized in fun ways. Yeah, it's a good start. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's a good start. I, and I agree with you. The whole bit using the podcast is very cool bringing a, a touch of the world real world into this to make the character of punchline stand out i agree that her whole uh raison d'etre is to allow harlequin to be fully herself redeemable mm-hmm. uh, so much so that they even give punchline the you know the famous harlequin pose right there mm-hmm. on the yeah. page you know oh. that was cool I couldn't remember exactly what that was from, but yeah, Len, you're right. That's Harley Quinn, and right. that's really cool. Right. So, yeah. so I, I agree with that. The reason why this book, I just as as original as I saw some of the bits were in it. Um, the reason why I couldn't stay with it, one, I didn't recognize Leslie Tompkins, but I don't have any problem with anybody, you know, showing a, a sassier, sexier Leslie Tompkins. Go ahead with your bad self, you know. And as somebody who makes gray looks good, I know that women can make gray look good, so I ain't mad at her at all. Silver fox, you know. But um, but the reason why this left me cold is the beginning of this book begins. With yet, we have to have another example on screen or in the panels of how murderous the Joker is (laughs) by having him, you know, having killed yet again a room full of people and as well as killing someone else for the punchline of a joke. And it was just something about that, especially. Especially in the wake of the whole fucking Joker war, in the wake of the three 
fucking jokers in the wake of all the dark fucking metal shit that is going on that is to me is just like dc when will you learn a fucking lesson that killing is not a joke um and that there are there's certain ways that that can be played for humor and there are ways that it can't be and you can't you certainly cannot have it both ways with a character like the joker as you have set him up to be and that is reading that just just took me out of the book so much that i really had to i put down a book and had to go back to it to really re-engage with it because that really left me cold could you go back and and i I didn't where is it uh the joke uh, he murders somebody and it's funny I think that uh, I, th- I think that that page that you're on right there I think is played for humor. I'm you not do? saying yeah I do I do. Oh I, I didn't get that at all. I thought that was brutal. I uh, no I think it's brutal, but I think it's also they- supposed to be a punchline, and I don't and I don't I don't dig it. Oh I didn't take that at all. I well I mean um I think I say I, I understand what you're saying. The, the way that it's paced out, it is a punchline. Hmm. So it's it's uh, set up punchline. Who's next? Like it, it is in story set up like that it's brutal and it's not funny um but i, I could was, i could see it. i don't think it was intended to be funny i thought is that when no he, it's not intended to be funny but it is structured like a punchline like a joke is that like the, where she first meets him is that what yeah. We're looking? yeah yeah i thought it was just like because they're like in high school or they're students of some kind mm-hmm. yeah. they're on like a tour yeah i i didn't read it as funny either no, um, I, I took it yeah. as the stakes are very, very high. Right, and this right. girl who is being chosen to take this guy's place, he stuttered once right. and got shot to death. Right. And now it's it's up to her to sit down and do the thing that he was trying to do and not get murdered immediately. I, I didn't take that as a joke at all. It's just hmm. I thought it was setting up the stakes of this is what she's been thrust into. But I mean, you know, to each our own. Hmm. I I think we're I um I think we're having a uh a disagreement on um, function and delivery or the difference between function and delivery. The function of it was to raise the stakes, be cruel and scary. The structure of it and how it was delivered was set up punchline or set up delivery punchline. And let's play on page. I mean, yeah. if this is, if this is an example of it, it's certainly, there are plenty. Oh, sure. him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And now I think it, the brother, um, they could easily go down just like he goes down a dark path and you see how it happens and and it it sucks every step of the way. I think it would be really interesting if they go a different way and he is not uh, a foregone conclusion. You know what I mean? Even to us where where he like goes a little bit down and then that would be new. You know what I mean? I, mean, where I, I don't know. This yeah. I think this is a direct response or or analogous to um, idiots citing the oh, Joe I Rogan agree. experience as a, a medical source. I agree. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I just think it's like we've seen, and there's still more stories to be told about people falling victim to that kind of thing. But it would be interesting to see the interplay of like them falling victim and then coming back out, or not. You know, I mean, I think that would be a little different. But I absolutely sure. agree with you that. Yeah, that that's what they're going for. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's definitely a look at what happens when um, a supposedly charming sociopath 
<laughs> right. Uh, starts to gain followers. Yeah, it's it's right. a it's a greater conversation about um, what responsibility you have with your platform. Yeah. This is somebody yeah. who acquired a platform and has done pernicious things with it. Uh, mm-hmm. And then in the real world, there's thousands of examples of, you know, right. 300, 3 million people listen to me, but you know, it's, I could say whatever the fuck I want. It's They're free turning speech. Frogs like, gay. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, just because people listen to you or you have a platform doesn't mean you don't have responsibility to, to be uh, responsible with or to well, be honest and, with it. And I think also the, the, People who have fallen victim is a or who are like in that mind space now are uh, there's a lot of people saying like well how do you how do you how do you undo that right and this could be this could wouldn't be it, that story you right, know? wouldn't it be great right. if this was a how to uh, how to deal with your loved ones uh, who have um, been right yeah. I mean because I've been fault. drawn to articles about that recently about like well what happened we're like the occasional person who something big happens and they're like, wow, I made a, I made a mistake, you know? Mm. Uh, like, why is that the case for them and not others? You know, that kind of thing. I'm sorry, Len, I didn't mean to cut you off. I know you didn't like the, the intro. Did you, did you enjoy the rest of the story or no? It's, it's not bad. I mean, it's probably the best thing I've read with punchline, but it just, it just, you know, and it rubbed you the wrong way. It, that just, mm. that part just rubbed me the wrong way. That's all. I get that. I mean, you're, I, you're, no, you're I jokered out hard yeah I, I, dude i am yeah. i am yeah i had the exact same response as len but my response was to the film joker mm. Mm. about the the original white guy who's <laughs> sad that a society doesn't pay him enough attention so he gets a gun I'm yeah like, oh, i don't need this in my my pop yeah. culture right now thanks yeah. yeah um all right let's move on Do the it. last book of the month it's called we're not meeting. Parenthood. <laughs> oh, I say month. I'm sorry. The week. I don't know how time works. Scarenhood number one of four from IDW. Oh, the artist and writer is Nick Roche. Roche? Roche? With a cover by Roche. Declan Shalvey. To-do list. Drop kids at preschool. Grab coffee with other parents. Go ghost hunting in the woods. Fight demonic entity. Collect kids. Nap time. With their kids away on a field trip, a group of parents disturbs an ancient evil buried beneath the old church hall, unearthing a decades-old mystery about a missing child and inviting something hungry into their lives. Suddenly, their mornings go from playdates and peanut allergies to a battle for the souls of one broken family, and one child in particular. What scares you the most, fighting demons or letting your kids down? This was my favorite book of the week. I read it this morning. I woke up nice and early, and it was the last one on my docket. And I said, well, I don't know what the hell this is. Uh, I really like the name. I like a good pun. It sounds like something that the Crypt Keeper would call one of his episodes of the Tales of the Crypt. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, man, I'm into it. I think this is a lot of fun. And this is the book that I referenced earlier where I said I was reading... Uh, getting it together, and then I read this. And I found the dialogue in this to be much more engaging, much more snappy. It had a little bit of humor to it, and I found myself smiling or smirking um, and kind of just really enjoying the interplay between the characters, which I didn't get from getting it together, which is not the point of it, I understand. It's a different feel of a book, but I would have liked just a little sprinkling of some of this dialogue in there to make maybe make the characters slightly more charming and engaging uh, to mm-hmm. read about. So, um, yeah, I, I thought of that while reading this. I think this was really a lot of fun. The art is mostly great. 
the children are terrifying. If you look at the bottom panel here, uh, holy hell. Um, but yeah, the rest of it is really fun. And it, they even take the time to pump the brakes and just hang out with this single father. I mean, there's a mystery about what's up with mom, but he's kind of just a single father right now, raising his daughter and trying to get work done in between uh, the naps and everything. And I, I really, you know, as a father to be, I found it very uh, interesting to, to check out. And then, of course, we've got the supernatural element, which was also really well done. Mm -hmm. uh, a nice mystery is set up. There's some spooky moments. Uh, I'm engaged with all of the characters. I'm like immediately in the group of friends now, I feel like. So I think this is a really great start to... Uh, I, I was surprised. I just found out it was a four-issue miniseries. But um, this is off to a great start. What did you think, Len? Yeah, this was my favorite book this week as well. I really enjoyed it. I was engaged with it. Um, I was engaged with the art. I was engaged with the the dialogue because, like you said, I think everyone has their own like their their own vocabulary. Their own you can feel for everyone has like a, di a, a their own voice. Um, they're definitely. I don't know. I, and it sounds like there's a, a, like this is maybe written by a, a British person. I think this is supposed to be happening overseas, overseas in London. I don't Ireland. know. Ireland. Ireland. Okay, yeah. is that where it is? I knew it yeah. definitely was. I knew this wasn't America. I knew that. Um, but I, and I wasn't sure. And I was just going to go with it. I didn't even want to look it up. I was like, okay, I know we're not in America. I'm with it. I'm, that's all I need. I'm good. Um, but I was engaged with it. I liked that the art was was was. You know this this rise that 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 it's right in that middle between you know serious art but comedic and thus it it has it it plays it both ways it plays fair with the audience um, it's funny it's mysterious when it needs to be it's not scary it's just a little spooky slightly slightly thrillerish you don't there's like dropping hints like you know like you said um, you know what's up with this single parent single father where's mommy because he's obviously telling his daughter that mommy will be back back from where what's going on um there's a supernatural element but you don't know what it is because it seems like it's a time thing uh it's just it's fun and what i also like this is the other thing that i like especially about this this story is that the kids you're at least to me, I first you think that the setup is that the kids might be part of whatever this supernatural is, oh. but they're not. They're really just kids and they're <laughs> just kids to the point that, yes, they do pick on each other. Yes, they don't <laughs> yeah. just get along like it. But but yet they are still forced to be in the room together right. because their parents say, well, yes, sure. See, I can babysit your kids. The right. kids will be fine. They'll be in the room. Yo, she hit me. It's like, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Come on, let's go. <laughs> yeah. And you just see them give a side eyes to one, one another because that's what kids do. <laughs> but we're not engaged in their world because we're not kids. It's the adults that we have to focus on. So we just see this kind of like B plot. You know, it's like, honestly, kind of cool i'm digging it you know what i mean i like everything about this book the kids are an obstacle not the point right the right like yeah. they're, they're just they're just a plot obstacle that these people have to do whatever yeah. they need to do outside of normal child care right. um minutiae that's right. just as struggling that's and and jd brought it up too the idea that the story kind of pumps the brakes for a second to show you 
him trying to just function for an evening after school is out. Right. Of feeding her, bathing her, doing some work, throwing her in front of the TV back and forth. And that really did set the tone of like, oh, he's just dealing with a lot of shit. Like, I, I think um, a lot of times they will like uh, stories and books and movies and stuff. They'll romanticize single parenthood as this like mm-hmm. Herculean effort, but not show you exactly just how terribly difficult it is. Mm-hmm. And this does, which I thought was really, really uh, fun. Um, I like, so I, I saw this in, um, this was like, this was super rando. Like I saw this in previews and thought it was a cool cover and was like, oh, Scarant Hood. That's funny. Only four issues, you know, medium buy-in. Yeah. Let's give it a shot. And I loved it. I loved this. I, I think that, and it's not, I'm not comparing the two, but this rides that fine line that, um, something like Shaun of the Dead does. Mm. Yeah. Shaun of the Dead Shaun of the Dead is not a comedy. It's a zombie movie. The, hang on. It's a zombie movie. The characters and how they function with each other is comedic. They don't play the zombies as a joke. The characters function hmm. humorously in the situation, right? Right. So like the character like the zombies are always still zombies they're not just like a joke mm-hmm. or a punchline mm-hmm. that's what this does these characters interacting with each other is like funny and uncomfortable and silly and, and kind of stupid but the dread the threat is very real and not concerned with the joke right which i thought was a really really cool way of balancing the two without making one more important than the other like they don't make a joke of the horror aspect which is cool hmm. will it do that for the whole series i don't know but that's a that's a perfect balance that I like without making yeah, you're not making horror a joke. You're like the characters in the story, that's how they cope. Mm-hmm. To be to pick on each other and to be funny and, and to to do silly things because I mean what the hell would you do if if your lights were turning on and there was something crawling at you, you'd be like, Fuck this and you'd run <laughs> off. And it would be funny from an outsider's perspective. Right. Yeah, I yeah. agree with all you guys. Uh, I think this was my favorite book of the week and very unexpectedly, you know, um, it, it didn't look to me like it would be like the thing that I really enjoyed this week or even would have enjoyed it as much as, as I did. Um, I also found that I was like a little scared during Mm. the scene when he, you know, with the statues and whatever, which from a comic is not to be expected, you know what I mean? Like, I don't mm-hmm. often read comic. I mean, I don't tend to read horror comics, but, you know, I, I was legitimately, like, in that atmosphere of this, like, these statues are moving, and he, when he's crawling under the thing, and you see the, the Mary statue under there, it was well played on mm-hmm. their part. Oh, yeah, know? and when he comes yeah. back out, and it's, like, eight hours later. Yeah. That, yeah. Was, yeah. that was genuinely, um, that was genuinely jarring. That was mm-hmm. really disconcerting. Like at that point, it's like when you wake up from a nap and the daylight's gone. Like, right? What day is it? Yep. What's happening? Yep. Like, happened. it was. There was a lot of like right. um, very palpable. Yeah. Um, and uh, you, yeah, it threw you off. It was really good. Yeah, and you get the um, you, they they laid it in that he is a, a single father who's struggling with the time commitments of all of that, and but is very devoted to his daughter and that is a part of the like tension when he mm-hmm. comes out mm-hmm. underneath the stage is like, whoa, 
what happened to what happened there? Like what happened mm-hmm. with, with his daughter? What is he going to do now? How is he going to, you know, and that, so that added a lot to it. Um, and, uh, you know, I kind of, ultimately I liked the guy, the, the older guy that who had <laughs> lost his brother. Like I liked him being involved in it now. Like he's a, he's got a lot of conspiracy theories that he, that, that he was adds to, but this one happens to be for real. It's it. That, from yeah. That was a, yeah. that was a great, that was a really great turn, a really good joke in the book too, where, mm-hmm he's the one that incites them to go like check out this horror situation they finally get inside and he's like fuck it i'm out yeah you guys are yeah. stupid i don't want to be part of this <laughs> like he's yeah. the person he's the person in a horror movie that we all probably would be like no i'm not doing that I and they I walk away <laughs> I really had, really dug there's a there's a, a rumor of a witch's grave in in my hometown right that's supposedly always warm whenever you touch it and my feeling was don't go there because (laughs) (laughs) one there's two possibilities one it's not it's not a witch's grave it's not real it's nothing like that and then there's no reason to go the other one is it's just a witch's grave and just leave her alone you know like you should not be at this grave um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All those stories about like rite of passages in small towns of like right. sleep in this haunted house. Like, right. no, right? I don't want to camp do that? in right. a crusty house. <laughs> right? Yeah. If it's worst, best case no scenario, point. if it's real, best case scenario, that's even worse. Yeah. Right. Best case scenario, no sleep in a crusty house, and probably right. get like bugs nipping at your at your at your feet the whole night. Exactly. Worst case scenario, does that mean you, you guys awaken? Are not coming to my lunchtime demon summoning. Oh, no, I'll be there. Oh, okay. No, I, no. Oh, I, I was hoping, are you, you going to live stream it? I'll just watch. <laughs> um, oh, I did notice also the school, I didn't notice until we just started reviewing it, but they go to a Little Pixies as a Montessori school, mm-hmm. which I, I, I went to a Montessori preschool and I loved it. And then having, as an adult, heard about their philosophies, they're awesome. Like we played with these like wooden blocks that represented mathematical theorem. And not that you would know, but it like the relationships get in your mind. And when you go outside, they don't tell you to zip up your coat. They're like, if they're cold, they'll zip up their own coat. I like it. So I'll give a little shout out to that. Yeah. And, and yeah. speaking about how, you know, the old guy kind of like runs off right when they get in there. I liked it because, yeah, he, he is us. It, like, he, you know, he is the audience. Like, yo, you're like, deuces, I'm out. This has been fun. But it yeah. also fits with the character because yeah. you're introduced to him as like this big old jerk. But then you realize that he has skin in the game because of his brother. And once they get inside, it makes sense that he's he's also the guy like, hey, I've seen this movie before. I've lived this movie before. I'm good. Mm -hmm. And I'm tipping out of here. You know what I mean? But just like that guy, when um, when all is said and done. All right, uh, uh, you know, I'm in for it. Let's let let's do yeah. this because I recognize that the bigger the bigger deal. You know, what I mean, at 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 heart, I am still mm. a parent, and mm. this is about our kids, and this is about figuring stuff out. So that's a good point. Yeah, and I forgot him as you know, just because he looks older, I kind of was picturing him more as removed, but he is. I mean, he's he's with them. He's one of the parents, and I think he would have been drawn into it with the last page reveal either mm-hmm. way. Right. Uh, and that was a good reveal too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was cool. Yeah. yeah, I like the way they're drawing those supernatural elements of what is happening. It's a good book. This is a very good book. This is a fun, yeah. fun, fun comic book. Um, yeah, I will let y'all know now. I will All tell right. you now. 
that if we if the, the intention is for us to review this book continually on spoiler alert mm-hmm. i will not be reading the rest of this book because okay. i do intend to buy this in a trade this is a fun book i will buy this in a trade right right there i also like that the cover as interesting as the cover is doesn't give you any hint no. to the inside to the yeah. look of the inside the feel of it, the inside it sells it but it doesn't give mm-hmm. it away yeah, it kind of has a. It kind of makes you think it's the kids that are going to be the exactly, issue, honestly, because of that. Oh, also, this thing at the end, this final page reveal, it's got a little of the horror. Uh, it's got a little of the feel of the um, Peter Gross, like Lucifer, mm-hmm. kind of oh, yeah. a few of those. Yeah, like in the the or the Dean Ormston. Um, yeah, in the thing that we read. Yeah, which, as you know, I love. Nice. Yep, I got. This was great. I gotta read the rest of that. Ooh, yeah. Um, all right, guys. Anything else before we split? Uh, no, except to answer Christopher Goodnight's um, question that he asked way back over an hour ago. Like, hey, is there going to be any more gutter talk? There will be more gutter talk. And when we are ready to make our grand announcement, you will be the first to know Christopher uh, St. Saucy Goodnight. Along with everyone else, because we will announce it here on the, the show at the same time. But there will be more. Stay tuned. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, please like and subscribe. We do Thunder Rounds throughout the week where we do 60-second videos where we review comic books. I'm probably going to start doing other things besides comic books just because I enjoy doing them. And um, I guess that's Are it. Are you going to review potato chips? Ooh, potato chip reviews. I mean, if someone requests me to review some potato chips, I'll review them. Done. Uh, yeah, join us here at 1030 every Sunday morning where we live stream. We talk about the week's comics. We do Thunder Rounds on the YouTube uh, Cult Pop Go channel. And uh, you can tweet at me at JD's Hero Complex. You can tweet at Noel at Mr. Bartocci. Len, where can the people find you? Any place you find the Black Tribbles. Holla at a Tribble. And Brian. I'm at uh, BrianLeeb.com. And Samuel David says, great show, guys. Thank oh, you, Samuel thanks, David. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, that's great. You did a great job listening, Samuel David, so appreciate it. I thought uh, so, too. Thanks, guys, and we will talk at you later. Good day!